Hello, and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the weekly podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules the world's weirdest animated series. I am your co-host, Sean Paul Ellis, and joining me today, we have Dave Trumbor. Dave, how's it going? It's going great, buddy. How are you? I'm doing very, very well. Thank you. Uh, We happen to have uh, two guests that are joining us today. Now, we have been talking Canadian cartoons for the entire month, and we have been hinting at the idea of bringing on some of our Canadian friends to talk about some of these shows and help us actually understand what we watched and, and possibly some of the cultural relevance that they have from watching these as children and the nostalgia that's associated with it. So I'd like to welcome today, uh, first and foremost, we have two artists and performers, uh, Carson Gale. Hello, nice to meet you. And we have Pete DeCourcy. Hey, thanks. Thanks so much for having us. Oh, man. So what is going on with these Canadian cartoons? I'm kidding. That's <laughs> like the most open-ended question to start with. Yeah, get us on our guard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that we can then, yeah, it's like, oh, we're just defending these now. <clears throat> so... We, uh, we talked four cartoons, mm-hmm. all right? So, uh, Dave, we did, uh, we did the raccoons, which I will still <laughs> always call the raccoons. That, let's start with that. How do you guys pronounce that show title? Raccoons. No, I pronounce it raccoons. Oh, uh, okay. we got a fight you're already. From, uh, uh, you're, you're from a, a higher tax bracket than I am. Yeah, stay uh. on your side of the tracks. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, raccoons. Raccoons is, is something I've been saying this week because you were like, what's the deal with raccoons? I was like, yeah, that's how it's pronounced. <laughs> but it's it's all right once and for all it's rakens yeah rakens see yeah, that's how Raken? i've been saying it yeah rakens mm-hmm. okay no it's it's i mean i would pronounce it raccoon but it's raccoons. that's just canadian yeah for raccoon well fair enough yeah all right so then the the second question comes up is that how do you actually pronounce crash canyon because <laughs> that's been that's been hotly contested uh, as well. I mean, that's one of the long running uh, Canadian uh, uh, comedy series. Obviously, you know, um, people are passionate about it. It's very, very good. Uh, <laughs> I don't think longest anyone... running is in it went for two years, right? <laughs> two years, yeah, from yeah. 2011 to 2013, and then <laughs> so Canadian. Or so you're telling me, and what I'm I'm gathering is mm-hmm. that Canadian television really doesn't go beyond one season. <laughs> Not really, no. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, we don't support our own. Truthfully. No, seriously. Nobody figured out how to make Canadian content make money. Yeah. So they're just like, we have this amazing idea, and then they go out and make it, and they make it on like the worst budget, mm-hmm. and then it's not good, and then nobody wants to watch it, and they're like, well, let's just buy another American show. Yeah. That's legit how it goes. Wow. And, and the shows that do, do last a long time, it tends to have a very niche... Um, like it's just, it's just like there's someone who's just so passionate about it that they're like, oh, we'll keep going for eight seasons, like Mr. D. You know, like I still have no idea why it's around. It's it has a very unlikable lead. There's like one character where I'm like, oh, he's great, and the supporting cast is fantastic, but it focuses so much on the main character that you're like, this could have been a really good show, <laughs> but you just got to get rid of this main guy. Yeah, I can't think of any parallels that would that would that would have to American television. Yeah. I'm no. kidding. I can think of hundreds of I, shows. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of want to know about Mr. D. Is that what you said? It, it's not a cartoon. It's, uh, it's just a bad comedy. Oh, got it. Yeah. It's based on uh, Jerry D. Jerry D., who's, who's a very good stand-up comic. but He does okay. a lot of like, I used to be a teacher, and kids say the weirdest things. Yeah. And now he's actually, he's actually hosting in, a, in Canada, like, a kid say the darndest things. So he's like your Bill Cosby? <laughs> I hope Ooh, so. I'm going to say not. right now. 
I'm gonna say right now, watch out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. be be very careful with that one. Oh, well, he that, he does. Yeah, our Canadian Jello, uh, Jello. He's the one that, that sells it. Too, the so. Canadian Kodak film too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just got it. <laughs> oh, so the other two cartoons that we have that are kind of rounding out before we really dig into each one of these, uh, we have Tripping the Rift, which I know that you guys, I know Carson definitely watched mm-hmm. at some point when he was younger, and then we also have Monster by Mistake, yeah. which I know that the. From the laughter on this end, I know (laughs) that you have both kind of uh, talked about this. And so first and foremost, I want to go back to, and I know that I'm going to say this incorrectly, or I'm going to say this in a very bougie way, (laughs) according to what we've just understood, what we now understand about Canadian, uh, Uh Canadian money uh, is, uh, is the raccoons. And so I kind of wanted to get your idea. Uh, Pete, I know that you rewatched some of the raccoons. Yeah. Okay. So I'm I'm just going to give context to the the raccoons. you're so forcing it, dude. It's I know. Raccoon. I know. It's just raccoon. say it how you naturally <laughs> want to say it. No, I'm I'm hiding my bouginess. <laughs> I don't want people to know how rich I am. Okay, what, is, what were you gonna say? Okay, so that um, raccoons was a prime time cartoon. Right. Like, it wasn't played in the mornings. It was played at seven o'clock or seven thirty. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it was played at seven o'clock or seven thirty um, at on a Sunday uh, night. So it was like, there was like a Disney uh, movie that would play, and it was The Raccoons, and then it was Road to Avonlea, which is like an Anna Green Gables type show. Sure, sure. So I, as a kid, met, thought that this meant that it was a adult um, cartoon. And it has, it has like a, a very pulsing, uh, hip, uh, techno, um, kind of like synth, new wave synth uh, theme song called Run With Us. You're right. Which if you guys can find, it's, it's honestly, it's, it has not aged well, but... <laughs> it would not it, it it's 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 very interesting to listen to um so i i always was under the impression that this was like a, a cartoon for grown-ups that was about like um environmental issues uh and and uh there was like a weird like two raccoons were married and one of them had a scarf <laughs> wait scarves are weird for you in canada he just seemed a, a, there was something about uh it's, it's not birds the other one uh <laughs> Who just? I was just like, what's his deal? He seems too rich, you know, to be living in the forest. He should be next to Cyril Sneer. Okay, so good points. Let me let me dig down into one sure. of them. You mentioned about the environmental issues. Mm-hmm. Now, are there any particular episodes? Because the episodes that we watched, they had one of them had a particular environmental emphasis, right? But uh, sort of in the way that I would think of, like maybe a a contemporary that discussed environmental issues like Captain Planet. Captain Planet at least kind of gave you at the end a moral. A, a, like a moral yeah. or an idea of like, you can do this mm-hmm. with implications of benefiting the Earth. Right, right. The raccoons was just like, blackout. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they, never, they never actually discussed anything. So almost every single episode of the, uh, the raccoons uh, involves Zero Sneer trying to cut down trees. Sure. That's his motivation is he likes money and that he gets it by cutting down trees. So, <laughs> like, literally, like, it was just like, well, the bad guy's cutting down trees. Maybe we shouldn't. That was, like, the environmental message. Hmm. Hmm. I, have, I have a question related to the Sneer family. Yeah. When you watched this initially, hmm. what did you think these creatures were? I have no idea. Okay. I mean, I guess now I think it's like, oh, they're anteaters? They're aardvarks. Whoa. Uh, so this is a comment on Arthur? 
Yeah, it must be a takedown <laughs> of Arthur. Yeah, oh man, this the shade. This damn, this damn Aardvarks yeah. got damn too Ar- educated. Um, and they they started a global corporation. Late, later seasons when they really take down Cal U. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, it is a sweep the leg. Children should situation. have hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. It's 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 the weirdest thing. I I feel it was weird watching it because again, like I thought that it was like this very environmental pro thing but like the first episode was not about that okay yeah it, it, it's it's weird to watch it just because i have these warm memories of like hearing the theme song of running down being like oh i'm gonna watch this and now so you heard run with us and you actually ran i actually ran you actually yeah, ran, ran down. down to yeah. watch it yeah well i can say so i do a decent amount of like voiceover stuff mm-hmm. in canada um and of the like of the like I want to say explanation behind how things may get like an environmental slant to it. I can just see somebody pitching this thing being like, a bunch of raccoons, they're crazy, there's this weird dude in the, whatever. They explain the show concept in whatever way they, they try. Hmm. But then some executive being like, well, it's the mid-90s whenever this came out. Right. And uh, every show has to have a, a, a message. A message. Yeah. What is the message? And then being like, it doesn't have one, it's a bunch of raccoons being crazy. And then they're like, what is the message and then they're being like i don't know environmentalism right. and then they're like great put that in we're gonna green light this now because it it did run on cbc which is our canadian national broadcast mm. association so it does seem like they probably were like shove a message in there okay yeah one oh, real man. quick question then for you guys because you mentioned that it was a primetime cartoon yeah i'm assuming you had like normal saturday morning cartoons just like we did here in like yeah. yeah okay cool yeah. yeah it's just it was just one of those things where it was like that maybe the simpsons yeah, so it's like, oh. Well, The Simpsons had a runtime that was like 4 o'clock and yeah. like 4.45 <laughs> and then like another one at like 7 mm-hmm. and like 9.30. But, they but were not, on all day. But not when it started, Cars. When it started, it was like just Sunday. Well, no one's as old as you are, Pete. Oh, yeah, no yeah. yeah. Because I'm 47. <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you something. The war was hell. <laughs> 47. 47. <laughs> The Gulf what? War. That's like when you, that's like when you ask like a like a two year old. You're like, how old is your babysitter? She's like, oh, a million. <laughs> <laughs> I have no concept of age. Oh man. All right. Uh, any any final thoughts or questions about uh, the raccoons? No. No. Again, I I do want to say like, can we track down the guy who did Cyril Sneer's voice? Because I bet you, I bet you, I could. Yeah. I bet you. I could. I'm sure. I'm sure you like work with him on a regular basis. Yeah, he's like my dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Carson lives on that raccoon money. Yeah, <laughs> that sweet, sweet the house I grew up in. <laughs> it's all trees. It's like I gotta stay in character. Sometimes I just uh, I go through my Scrooge McDuck money pool, uh, but instead it's just pine cones. Yeah, <laughs> and maple leaves. Yeah, and just sweet, sweet maple syrup. Yeah, oh, yeah. so sticky. Love it. So we're gonna move on to Crash Canyon right mm-hmm. now, okay. and this is exciting for us because. You guys have a big reveal about Crash Canyon for us. Ooh, that's a good kind teaser. Of- I'm going to pause you right there real quick just for a little uh, fact check. So Michael McGee did the voice of Serial Sneer, and you're going to have a tough time tracking him down because he passed he away in 2011. Uh, Bringing the show down Wait, since did 2012. Did the show go from 2011 to 2013? No, no, this is... That um, was Crash Canyon. Crash Canyon. Oh. That would be amazing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they recorded two years <laughs> worth of cartoons, and then he died. All right, cool. Jump in the Crash Canyon. Just wanted to get that across. All right. So we're going to transition now to Crash Canyon um, because you guys kind of have a, a big reveal about this that we're, we're hoping could potentially be guests later on in the show regarding Crash Canyon. So 
please, Pete. Well, we know we know some of the people that wrote for it just through the, the comedy community. We're not like best friends with them or anything, but it's like Pat Thornton, who's an amazing comedian. Uh, Lori Elliott, who uh, was like on this show called Video and Trial. Um, so she was uh, also great. And I think Fraser Young was another one. And they're, they're all like really, really good comedians. And they're uh, fantastic writers. And they've all done amazing things. I can't wait to ask them what happened during this show. I, uh, yeah, I am also very curious. Uh, I only watched one episode because I'd never heard of it before. You texted me and was like, hey, what's Crash Canyon? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. I also no, like I mean, I, I read his text with so much like emphasis. Hey. What's Crash Canyon? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm always message. I'm always like getting sassy messages. Yeah. I'm just like, oh okay. Yeah. Um yeah, I guess I will meet you at the airport. Yeah. Jerk. <laughs> <laughs> no, so this is uh so you, you rewatched it yeah, because I of the conversation that yeah. we had. And so what were what were some of your initial impressions? <laughs> One is like they were trying to even down to the art style is very um family guy. Yes. And it's like they were like, oh, well, oh, this seems easy enough, guys. Let's just do that. But it, like, nothing works. Every single character is unlikable or annoying. <laughs> the jokes fall flat. Um, or they're trying way too hard that they almost miss the point. It's so bizarre. Were there any particular moments in the show that when they were trying to do a setup and a punchline that you realized, oh no, this is, this is going to go horribly wrong. Please don't do this. You did this. Please cut away. And they're like, nope. Anything involving um, the, the fat uh, cousin. Right. I was just like, we get it. <laughs> we get it. And I'm also like, they're like, what's, what's all the worst stuff we can say about America in like one character? Um, but he's also from Saskatchewan or whatever. Like it was just Is that a thing where people from Saskatchewan don't like No, no. The United States? No, I just that whole character just seemed like it was like we took all the ugly American stereotypes and we're like, oh, we'll just shove it in this guy. No, okay. I would say arguably like anybody in the central Canada loves America more because oh, we love like their all their jobs and like industry depend on like selling oil or trees to you. <laughs> so they're like yeah. they're like happy for you guys. Yeah, zero snare is like a major import. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, you mentioned the worst thing that you could possibly say about Americans. Right. What is the worst thing that you could say? Because this, this joke or this, this show and all of the jokes that are mm. included in it tend to try to be like unbelievably crass, but they're not funny no, in any and, way. And, and so what, what could they have said about Americans or about American culture or commentary? Like what's the biting thing that Canadians are just like, oh. Those Americans, eh? All right, first off, I want to make this very clear. I love America. I come here numerous times a year, uh, and we love you all. And it's just, it's... Yeah, for, excuse me, Mr. Border Agent. Yeah, Mr. Border Agent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We'd like to come back. <laughs> CBP's just like, yeah, yeah. Oh, we're listening to this episode. We know. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's, it's, it's the idea, like, you guys are all fat. You're all, like, just like, you know, uh, uh, I need to get to the front line. I'm an American, sir. Um, and, and that you're, yeah, you're entitled and you're racist and you're terrible and and like it's that it's that kind of stereotype which was like put into this one character and everything he did i was just like like i know you think you're being like not not even like uh, like you're not even being funny you're just like saying horrid stuff thinking that that's gonna make you like uh, the, the the fan favorite character you know hmm I would have actually so, yeah. liked that character more if he was like some weird American cousin or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, like at least we... make that commentary. Don't just half-ass it. Like, make yeah. go full on that if you're gonna do that. It still wasn't funny, but at least like then it's not just like a cousin from the sticks or something like that. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it, it was just, honestly, it was a, it was a very bizarre show. Yeah. Um, it, it, do you guys remember the show The Oblongs? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Which was like, I really liked that show. Yeah. And I always, I felt like they were like, oh, well, we'll just try to get like that weird humor in here uh, of The Oblongs, but it just never worked. Hmm. And I'm, I'm wondering if they just, if it was just like a, a thing of like these sensors coming in and being like, well, you can do half of this. But the other half doesn't work, and you're like, but yeah, but that validates this show, right? Yeah. We also said ahead the setup. Yeah, we said it had a cool, yeah, it had a decent setup. It was like, um, you know, a Land of the Lost kind of thing, or or something mm. that it could have been a decent setup. But then even just from like a storytelling point of view, they just crammed like 25 characters in your face in that first episode, and then expected yeah. you to not only differentiate them, but like have some sort of interaction with them. So even from a, a storytelling point, it was just a mess. I would argue that it's actually a bad setup. I know you guys like the concept of it, but just from like a performance, like storytelling way, you have to platform where you're coming from before you then change it to see how these characters react to it. And from what I understand, they fall in the canyon from the beginning, right? That's well, like the, how it starts. There's a bit of like a trip thing, and you you do see the dynamic. Like basically, right. the dad tries really hard. The mom yeah. is is very checked out. Yeah, uh, she's very angry. She's very angry. And but one which, of the reasons that like, like Family Guy symptoms all work is because they have this like central place they come back to, hmm. the house, the regular family life. But every episode you see something crazy takes them out of it, and then they go through their hero's journey. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then come like back to like their home place. But if you start in a like a lost area, now you're not doing that kind of like sitcom feel. You're doing a weird something else like lost. Sure. Right. I, I yeah. I I just want to get back to the what you talked about the mom. The fact that the mom was hated the one character. Everyone hated the dad. In it. Like, like, and so it's like that no one has any redeemable qualities like that's the one thing you can say about family guys that like everyone loves each other except for meg but even meg has this rare episodes where there's like oh meg you're not so bad right um but like it, that's the core tent because these guys just hated themselves or hated each other it was just like well why should i care mm, yeah that's a good point yeah uh speaking of characters who seem to not like each other mm-hmm. And had little irredeemable qualities. Uh, I want to transition over to uh, tripping the rift. Uh, now this Which is I'm a- very confused made it on this review because it is a solid piece of work. Okay, so <laughs> let's. Here's here's the divide. I think Sean and I were both very much divided on this show. We have you, Sean. Did you tell these guys about the dip? Uh, uh, no, I have not explained the dip. Okay, have you guys seen uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yes. Yes. So you know Judge Doom has this barrel of dip that he will dip a cartoon into and it'll pretty much like erase him from existence, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we do that on this show. At the end, if we recommend a show, great. We can also not recommend it, but it still exists. Or we can yeah. not recommend it and then dip it, which means we erase it from our memories, from all existence for all time. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, Sean, did you want to dip this show? Uh, I, I dipped Crash Canyon and I also dipped Tripping the Rift. I thought you did and I, I saved it. So we did not dip that one because I actually appreciated how far they were kind of going with things, even if I thought it was definitely stepping over the, the line a few times. Cars, why don't you explain why you loved? Right. Why did you love Tripping the Rift? This is what we want to, this is what we want to glean from. Right. Mm-hmm. So I watched this cartoon at an age where I didn't, I don't remember the title. Like you said, Tripping the Rift, that did not ring any bells. Then you explained the characters and I went, wait a second, 
I know this. I have vague memories of this. And, and just to be very clear, I explained to you uh, Chode McBlob and a, <laughs> and a big-breasted sex robot named yes. Six. Yes. And that's all that was required for Carson to be like, oh, yeah, that show. Loved yeah. it. Loved it. Loved that show. Um, yeah. I don't remember any of the plot lines. Uh, I don't remember anything about it. All I remember is the character dynamic of just Chode being a... Fr- asshole <laughs> and just trying to articulate like setups so that he could see this sex robot naked or like have sex with her or something like that and as like a young horny teen i was like yo this guy's this guy's smart this guy knows how to get it done <laughs> oh that's like, how you do it yeah yeah um and then I, I mean i'm also just like i watched a bunch of star trek i watched I like everything sci-fi i was like that's my stuff so like a comedy cartoon sci-fi, I was like, oh, this is up my alley. Like, it's great. Okay. Because so, they also had plots, I remember, that they would like get stuck in places. And they'd be like, how do we get out of this like organic ship that's like trying to eat us? And then like at some point they'd like figure it out. But the whole way, Chode is trying to bang the, the robot. <laughs> so it's like, they'd like hit both my, both my loves. Yeah. Well, I, so I, I want to ask then, were there any particular moments, Carson, that you felt because my impression of this show is that it's, it's very offensive without being funny. Mm-hmm. There were moments where uh, they were really railing against people's beliefs mm-hmm. uh, in organized religion, uh, which I have no problem with. But there were a lot of times where they seemed to, like, the punchline of their joke was, gay people are gay. And to me, that's not a punchline. That's, that's kind of offensive. Right. And it, it, it just... Watching this show, you know, there were there were fun moments like what was the name of the planet, Dave, that they were on? Oh man, um, it was something like Par- that. Was it Paradise Heaven? Uh, like Fabulous Heaven, I think. Fabulous Heaven. And it had it had rings around the planet that were uh, rainbow colored. Right. And so they they have all this interesting stuff that's kind of like set up in there, but then they get to the planet and they're just like, ugh, these gay people are gay, and they flip it in a way that's fun, where all of the social constructs that we kind of put on on people who are are non-straight uh like they flip them and so like they're saying like you know it's not it's not adam and eve it's adam and steve and so it's the reverse of all of the the stuff that we will say (laughs) yeah um to be negative towards towards people of different sexualities and so this show tries to do something but then at the end the like the punchline for them is (laughs) gay people are weird Right, and it just. Do you have any experiences like so with any weird. of the things that I I know, man? Because that first that oh, I'm into that first idea. Uh, yeah. What what's that um like uh movie where they flip the black and white roles or whatever? Oh, uh, White Man's Burden. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. White chicks. Definitely white chicks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, white chicks of the it's <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah, I I mean like. Identity switching is always a great like setup for a movie. It's why body switch movies work so well. It's why Face Off is excellent. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just rewatched that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, but as far as like context or like what what was going on in the Canadian system, I don't know. I was like ten. I was like twelve or something like that. I watched this. All the stuff you just explained over my head. Got like, it. Dancing around, like making fun of gay people, I would have been like, "This episode had like a lot of boobs in it." (laughs) You would have missed it entirely. I I never watched Tripping the Rift, um, like religiously or or even like a full episode. I just always remember I would come home, um, and you turn on TV and this was like probably Teletoon or something. I think it was on, right? And you'd be flicking, and it would be on, and you'd watch it for a bit, and I'd just be like, "I have no context for anything. 
I don't know what's going on. One of the characters' voices is very annoying. And I'd watch it for a bit, and I'd go, hmm, maybe if this was like 15 minutes, like it was like Aquatine Hunger Force, I maybe would have like stuck it out. Because it was like a full half hour, I probably, I don't think I ever had the, the patience for it. Yeah. It's, it's a hard one sometimes to get into, and then there are definite moments where it just sort of feels like the, the episode will plateau. Oh, and it's just and it's so. just like oh, we are just in a we are in a slow death crawl to the to the end mm-hmm. of the twenty three minutes of this episode. Mm-hmm. Just like please get there. Well, for a long time, I thought that that uh, tripping the rift was actually called uh, Xander Renegade Angel. Oh, okay, that was on Adult that, Swim as Adult well. Swim. Yeah, and I and I remember like being like sometimes I would I would watch that and I'd be like this is so bizarre and crazy and I really enjoy it and then I'd watch tripping the rift and I'd be like well this show is very totally different. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the animation style was breaking through some barriers at the time. Like, I remember not seeing any other show that had, like, 3D animation. Right. Well, we should talk about some other 3D animation. What a, what a great have. segue right there. You couldn't set it up better. Carson's just serving up these, these underhand pitches to me. It's like an artisan. Part. Yeah. He's an artisan. Yeah. Uh, so we, the final show that we watched this month was Monster by Mistake. Now... I know that Pete, I, I've had some, some commentary from you regarding that Canada really peaked when they released the show Reboot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I that, loved Reboot. Reboot's so a good. Lot, a lot of people love Reboot. Now, there is, and we have to say this, there is some jankiness with the Reboot animation, but uh-huh. it is yeah. nothing comparative to, it's nothing by comparison to what we saw with Monster by Mistake. Now, you guys both have some memories of Monster by Mistake, correct? Mm-hmm. Well, Pete, do you want to kind of guide us through the, your, some of well, your memories? Okay, so, um, I mean, this is definitely, like, an uncanny valley issue. Right. Oof. The animation. That's a great, like, great use of that word. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Um, it, it, because, like, Reboot, I think, is aged okay because they, they're not humans. They're humanoid, but they're, you know, the colors are different. Sure. Um, this show, even back then, I remember watching it. it ah, this was a show that was so cheap that there was no... The kids are always running. It's always like, ah, oh, I'm turned into a monster. I sneezed. I turned into a monster. And then they'd be running around this town, and there's nothing there. <laughs> there's nobody just walking. Unless it's important to the plot line. There's no kids walking in the streets or birds flying above. Like, because they just couldn't afford it. Yeah, or so it or just, it's like a Truman show. Yeah, yeah, it's like a Truman show. And they're just like, oh, yeah, no, this kid's... It, yeah, this kid has dysmorphia, and this girl is just going along with it. Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and so they're just like... Um, it's such a bizarre show. I remember again; it was another case of like these kids just. I, I the voices on these kids were terrible, and yeah, and I who is the, there? I remember I just remember there being like it's like you know it's like the fairy god parents were like that. There's that one guy trying to catch the monster, and right? No one else right. believes him. And yeah, it was just a whole bunch of tropes kind of thrown in there. But I just yeah, the animation is the big takeaway from this. Um, because my God, is it bad? It, and it, hands are like. I mean, we that, we talked about the wrists not being able to really like as they were talking, they would gesture, and it was like their hand, their wrists would bend in like an unfortunate oh, and no. like un, like impossible position. Right. And then the fact that like our eyes are our eyes are oval, kind of almond shaped to right. begin with. Yeah, horizontally. But they're horizontal. Yeah. Their eyes are oval vertically. Right? Yeah. And it is. It's and they were unable to, in some way, in the Houdini engine that they were using to render all the animation, they were unable to, to sync the blinking 
between the eyes and it was, it was so upsetting to watch yeah. like the real monsters are the animators right <laughs> and this was monster by intent <laughs> yeah exactly yeah is what this created <laughs> I, I don't really remember this show too deeply. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I just remember the animation, honestly. Like, I don't remember, like, it being bad because I was so young. But I just remember... Rub it in, man. I get it. You got youth on your side. Yeah, I'm 86. <laughs> Aged a lot in this episode. <laughs> uh, but I just, remember, I just remember them running around and feeling like there wasn't a proper amount of gravity, like, in their steps. And, like, their arms and stuff were like noodles. Yeah, or we've had like, a lot of comment on noodle armed animation. Yeah. so that is fantastic, Kristen. Yeah. Thank you. You're I, I'm very interested. Like, do you guys judge? Like, doing these Canadian, um, watching all these Canadian. Are you guys judging us? I'm less judging you guys, and just we, we always rip apart cartoons, no matter what, sure. where they come from, what it is. What I really wanted to know with the with these particular cartoons was there anything like inherently Canadian about any of them? I know that uh, Crash Canyon made by a bunch of Canadian expatriates who were living in L.A., I think, at the time. Uh, and you guys obviously know more than I do. But um, I thought the idea was to cram in jokes, like references to, like, what, Tim Hortons? Or does anything, like, north of the border that, like, expatriates might get, but American audiences or other audiences might not? Is there anything like that that popped up for you guys? Not really. I mean, like, the most was, like, I mean, Crash Canyon tended to have the, the most Canadian references in it, mostly just because it was supposed to take place in Canada. But you would not know that, uh, with the exception of like I mean, the, I think in the, the the opening scenes, it's like oh no, I'm at Timmy's and stuff. But for the most part, no, it wasn't. We don't. The 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 thing about Canada is is unless we have to, you'd never know it was made in Canada. Mm-hmm. In fact, they go to great lengths to make it seem like it's not made in Canada. Yeah. yeah. Like they'll they'll if they're doing an outside shot. Uh, and it's like a downtown area. They'll like replace all the cabs with New York yellow cabs. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll like change the street names. Uh, they'll make sure there's no like streetcars going back in the going around in the background because those things are like so distinctively like Toronto that they they don't want it to look like Canadian. If you're ever auditioned for a part, they ask you to do like a general American accent because they don't want people to say raccoons. They want them to say <laughs> raccoons. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless, of course, you are the, the live-action comedy show Letter Kenny. Mm-hmm. Right. And yes. then they 100% want then, you to play into those tropes. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Corner and, Gas. Uh, a Little Mosque on the little Prairie. Little Mosque on the Prairie, yeah. yeah. Those are like Canada shows made for Canada because mm-hmm. Canada said, we're not going to give funding to the arts unless you make Canadian shows. Right. And, but, I mean, and, and it's, yeah, it, it's the weirdest thing in Canada just because we, we have so many talented people uh, and and we have we have the industry like there and the animation industry in in Canada is, yeah. is huge. A ton of American yeah. stuff is made in Canada. Yeah. Uh, so many kids shows, uh, Max and Ruby, uh, that one, the, the Spider Mother, which sounds horrifying when I say it like that, but trust me, it's good. Um, it's a kid show. I watch it with my Odd Squad is made in Canada. Odd Squad, yeah. So it's Shadow like, Hunters is made in Canada. Yeah, Rain is made in Canada. Uh, uh supernatural you guys watch that was it, was it on bc that's shot in bc yeah oh, okay. yeah yeah none so, of these are cartoons so yeah yeah, yeah. very applicable <laughs> right, right. but like but like kids kids cartoon like the cartoon industry is huge and so the fact that we're not um we're not actually like creating our own content mm. and pushing 
even if it had to be about the Canadian identity, I, I think I'd be okay watching it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the problem with me is that whenever it's like, we got to make this about Canada, is they shoehorn so much Canada in. Yeah. And it's, it's never like, it's never like, hey, this is just a story happening in Canada. Right. It's like, this story is happening because it's in Canada. Right. Which and, I find is dumb. And truthfully, I'll throw this out there. Um, Canada, for the most part, is, there's not, like, we're not the cliches you guys think about. Yes, we all wear jean jackets. But that's just fashion, man. <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise, like, everything that you guys, like, we're, we're so Americanized. Mm. You know, like, all of, all of our references are the same as yours, with the exception of, like, you know, letter canning. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yeah. And I will say, if anybody has not seen the show Letter Kenny, it is... It, it actually funny. makes me want to watch more Canadian-specific media and television programming because it's it's the writing is so smart, yeah. it's so quick, mm-hmm. it's so snappy. It's again, as we've we mentioned with all the cartoons that we've watched this month, the jokes hit. The jokes are funny, mm-hmm. and and I don't have to understand a hundred percent of the cultural references that are behind it. Mm-hmm. It's just like the the cadence of some of the characters that are in there and just how they act and the reactions are just spot on. But again, mm-hmm. it's live action. It's right. not it's yeah. not animation. So yeah. uh, so we have some challenges with that. So Dave, did you have an opportunity to ask your question that I know that you wanted to ask? Oh, no, it's fine. I just really want to know about kind of if we were missing any overt Canadian cultural references that maybe we were too harsh on a particular show because we didn't understand it. I was really just looking for any excuse to give these cartoons the benefit of the doubt because it was a rough month <laughs> for <Yeah>. us. <laughs> No, not really. That's a shame. I mean, well, I, yeah. I mean, Chode McBlob is based on Justin Trudeau. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That's what that actually makes more sense. <laughs> yeah. Lush, uh, <laughs> luxurious hair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Just the tentacles. Just the tentacles. <laughs> the weird tentacles. Uh, no, yeah. I, w- I really wish I could give you a, a thing where it's like, no, to understand the true Canadian identity, you one must really go to Trash Canyon. Well, you know, I think that you actually can now help us with understanding some of these things because. The, the final question that we have for the both of you is, and, and as you said, I know that there's a lot of uh, American references that you guys have in Canada and that, you know, obviously we've been friends for the past three years and, you know, I, I, I've never really noticed anything inherently Canadian about you other than the fact that, like, I always see Pete wearing jean jackets. Mm-hmm. I, I'm like, a fashionable guy. Nonstop. <laughs> and again, that's just good fashion. So uh, the big thing about this is that we want to know is that what, what cartoons, and I'll start with Carson. What cartoons did you guys watch when okay. you were growing up? Okay. What, were, what were the cartoons mm-hmm. that you watched on Saturday mornings or, you know, after school Sundays uh, that were important to you? Yeah. Uh, I watched Pokemon. I, I rushed home after, after school to watch Pokemon at like 3.40 or 4 o'clock when it started. Uh, I loved Dragon Ball Z. It was so frustrating because every time a new episode would come out, they'd start the series from the beginning and play up to that point. <laughs> we 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 have the same exact problem. Oh my God. <laughs> I hit the same problem <laughs> when I was insane. watching it. Um, what else did I watch? Uh, Simpsons a ton. Uh, South Park. South Park was fresh when when I was going when I was growing up. Still fresh, man. It's a great yeah. show. Yeah. Um, I can't think of anything else right now. Let's come on the spot. Pete, you go if I if you say something like okay. So the uh, I I was I I've thought about this. Um, one, if you haven't watched Rocket Robin Hood, uh, I, I think someone's been it's been recommended. I mean, it's guys. been recommended, so it's on the list. Yeah, it's so it's it's a very old one. I think it's done in the sixties. It was, it was it's done by the same company that did the Spider Man. Oh no! And it's, <laughs> and it's all the same voices, 
and they reuse so much footage. That, that that's when we did the the '60s Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. That was one of the things was the Rock and Robin or Rocket Robin Hood that they mentioned. And so we we know that like towards the end of the Spider-Man series, like in season three of it, is when it sort of transitions over to a lot of stuff. And we watched one of those episodes, and it was unreal, crazy town. Yeah. So yeah, I Rock and Robin Hood was an interesting. <clears throat> show i remember just really liking it as a kid okay but i i, I even when i was a kid it was old and so i was still like oh i'm rolling my eyes but yeah I but just, you're like 104 people um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my bones <laughs> um so that was one there was another one called my pet monster yes and i yeah i i, I, I feel love like i love my pet monster by the way me too love i theme song was great yep. uh, i remember there being an episode where they actually go into monster world what yeah. Really? Yeah, they go into Monster World and there's th- they meet three uh small monsters uh who were just uh each one like was a different color and I'm like I know this is just a self 100% self toy. 100%. Like, toys. Yeah. But like I was like, "Oh, the blue one can swim in lava." What? You know, I don't like, know it was that. just like, yeah, the the red one can dig really well. Like it was like each one had like a thing. I remember watching the live action yes. movie that they had. They had a live it. action. Oh my god! Yeah, you too. need to watch that yeah. right now. I don't care what else you're doing today. It's Just so go watch good. that right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will do that. That's Not to mention that if you bought the toy, it had the orange like shackles, shackles and you yeah. could put them on your wrists and then break them. Oh, that's so oh, cool. you felt the like best. a Hulk. This yeah. is like my yeah. nostalgia moment for the day right now. I'm like, oh, good. Uh, I'm, tingling with anticipation for my pet monster. Love it. I really, <laughs> really loved. Yeah, my pet monster was like. Oh, it's key. And there, okay, there's another one, and I don't know if you guys will, uh, if it was uh, American or Canadian. It was called Denver: The Last Dinosaur. Already done it. Love it. Okay, all right. It's in our He's it's in our dinosaur cartoon yeah. suite. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, I just remember that it just had the best theme song, uh, and it was it was yeah, I just it was good. Good times, uh, and also I'm I'm sure you guys uh, haven't done it yet, but uh, Star Wars droids. We have. You've done that, and done and, and Ewoks. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we did. Did, Ewoks. did, did we, we do did? Ewoks? Is that one of the ones that? Because we saved a couple to be able to do for the Last Jedi. Oh, okay. Meeting up at the end of the year, so uh, there's the possibility that we ha- if we have not done Ewoks, then we will be doing them. Soon. I think okay, we well, I, I think we only did droids, and then we did the animated part of the Christmas special. Yeah, that's it. I don't think we did okay. Ewoks yet. Yeah, Ewoks. I so there was like a block of of uh, like late afternoon cartoons. Okay. And and so they would like re- where they would replay the stuff that you missed in the morning if you didn't wake up early enough. Mm. So that's when I would watch like it was like Droid, Star Wars, Down to the Last Dinosaur, My Pet Monster. Got it. Um, so you said some stuff that like re- hit some, some of my memories. Uh, I watched. Rocky and Bullwinkle. Oh, Rocky and Bullwinkle is great. Yeah. Um, that never, like, hit for me, but I remember there being, like, a spin-off show or something like that where Rocky and Bullwinkle hosted a race, and they had a oh, bunch wacky of... Wacky races. Was that it? Was it wacky races? Or... Wacky races, yeah. That was it. That was totally it. And oh. every, they'd have, like, a bunch of different characters from, like, other animated stuff. Right. And they would race, and they'd all have their own cars that, like, did something. <laughs> right. And then, like, you know, it would always be, like, a villain would get up way ahead or take a shortcut and set up a trap, and it wouldn't go the right way or whatever. Like, that show was so good to me. I don't think there was any ever ever, ever any plot. It was just, like, they were racing. It yeah, was, like, an animated race, which is, like, the worst kind of a show. Was that the one with, like, Snidely and Whiplash? Like, the dog. Snidely Whiplash? Snidely Whiplash? Well, uh, yeah. Muttley was the Muttley, dog. Muttley, Muttley. Muttley. He was, like, last... 
all just did the same thing with our shoulders. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Wacky races. Yeah. Um, and then there was a Starship Troopers animated thing. That, like It was a computer animated, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember like that. It was 3D animated, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember that show being really cool. Yeah, I, think I was, would like to learn more. Yeah, I think it was called like Star Star uh, Star Trek like, Little or something. Got it. Right. Yeah, but it had like all the main characters. Like it had Dizzy and. Oh, did and, uh, it? I'm pretty sure it did. Maybe I'm wrong. That sucker is still Van going. Dan. They just had yeah. another animated uh, movie come out this year. For yeah. Starship Troopers. Yep. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, Mission to Mars or something like that. Well, that's getting a lot closer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you... Starship Troopers was like in an alternate <laughs> yeah. like uh, solar system, and now it's like it's at Mars. Yeah, it's gone. The bugs. So the bugs are winning. They're getting closer. <laughs> Clan Dathu is is right. getting closer and closer to yeah. domination. Yeah. From all accounts of yeah. the book, the three live action movies that they've made, <laughs> and the like gosh. half a dozen animated movies that they've made. They are milking that well. thing for everything it's worth. Good for them. I'm surprised that Casper Van Dien hasn't been like, you know what? Let's just let's just get the rock in this, and let's make another <laughs> ten of these. Yeah, that's how, that's how you do it. That's how you get those Fast and Furious franchises. You know what's silly about the Starship Troopers thing is that they really, honestly, they rely so heavily on like the the Queen mentally controls everything else kind of thing. When it's like that's not how bugs work, man. It's like there's a Queen and she like pumps out babies and everything else just works like biologically. You know what right. I mean? So. I think some of it's conditioning and I think some of it's environment uh, and biology that's passed on from generation to generation. But right, yeah. a lot of that has to do with her uh, pheromones and hormones that she yeah, secretes like, that sort of have that mind control. It, like We think right. of it as mind control because in terms of movies, it's the easiest way for us to be like, you go do this thing. I've yeah. controlled your mind. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they're they're reacting to environments uh, and, and things that are in front of them, yeah. you know. Uh, and they're using, you know, whatever the generational knowledge that they have that's been passed on to them biologically to be able to adapt. Right, right. Thank you for listening to the Entomology Hour of Saturday Morning. <laughs> <laughs> now, you said, so you mentioned The Rock. Who is the Canadian Rock? Justin Trudeau. The Rock? <laughs> is there a Canadian Rock? Is, oh, like, did I mention The Rock? You mentioned The Rock, yeah. When? Uh, when you were saying that. Uh, yeah. Oh, you said that. I'm Sean, yeah, Sean I'm sorry. But is there is there a Canadian rock? like a surefire uh, like a like an action that... star, a go to guy, a franchise maker? Uh... Oh, you put I him see. in this show, and it's a guaranteed success. Seth Rogen. <laughs> yeah. Seth Rogen, the Canadian Rock. I like it. Yeah, he's Canadian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Jim no, Perry. we we yeah. We only, we only produce comedians. <laughs> it's too cold to work I, well, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds Ryan Reynolds that's true but like as for like Ryan just Gosling. just for Canadian content if there's one person mm-hmm. that uh, Kevin Vidal uh, right now blowing up man okay and you put him in your show guaranteed to be good mm-hmm. he's, uh, he's fantastic nice. mm-hmm. man mm-hmm. check him out guys Kevin Vidal you'll hear about him soon Kevin Vidal Ryan, Ryan, uh, Ryan Reynolds Ryan is Reynolds. Canadian yeah and he's Deadpool there you go yeah we get Deadpool nice. He's doing a great job with everything yeah. he's been in, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and Wolverine, uh, Hugh Jackman, Australian, part of the Commonwealth. You guys aren't. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. And Teddy Ruxpin, guys. You guys should really do Teddy Ruxpin if you okay. haven't. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, was that an animated series too? I mean, I just remember it, the doll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was the Adventures of Teddy. The Adventures Ruxpin. of Teddy Ruxpin. No. But it had a storyline. It had a storyline and it wrapped up. What? All right, that's yeah. on the list. It's like 
Yeah. <laughs> your, your qualifications for good is that it had a storyline <laughs> that <laughs> had a conclusion. Look, man, if That's how I... our, our, our category for this show is just if it existed, we'll cover it pretty much. <laughs> right. Did, did you guys, I, I don't know if, you, this is a recent one, mm-hmm. and I, I, I don't think you guys would do on the show, but do you guys like Lupin the Third? They're actually bringing um, Castle of Cagliostro. Uh, Miyazaki, yeah. Was that Miyazaki's first? Yeah, it's Miyazaki. They're yeah. bringing that back out into theaters through like Fathom Events. And I want to oh. say, uh, just through Fathom Events, I forget who the, the distributor is, but yeah. Well, if you guys are looking for like a good anime series to watch, the, um, the Fujiko Mine uh, series, if you haven't watched it, is fantastic. It was released like three, four years ago. Cool. And it's beautiful. Beautiful series. You know what I can't believe they haven't made yet? A Harry Potter animated series. I don't... There are oh, so many like things out there that money. I have no idea why they're not animated series. Right. We talk about that all yeah. the time. Like, Pixar has never made an animated series from any of their stuff. Um, yeah. Even, you know, there's no Minions animated series, even though that thing is worth, like, a like it just crossed yeah, a billion just... dollars again. Uh, yeah. It's weird, the stuff they haven't made animated series, but... Yeah. Bizarre. I want to thank the both of you, Carson and Pete, for coming on today. Well, thanks for having thank me. Thank you guys so much for being here. This thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Guess what? You have the you have the incredible distinction of being our second international uh, cartoon coverage, but the first international audience we've actually had on this show. The oh, North Koreans yeah. have yet to uh, answer our invitations. <laughs> so. Yeah, we have sent a lot of letters, and that will repair a lot of bridges. Yeah. We're I really. Think so. <laughs> This podcast and Dennis Rodman. Yeah, that's all you need. Fine. Trying to be ambassadors as much yeah. as possible. So uh, I want to ask you guys, thank you guys both for coming on. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Carson, I wanted to ask if, uh, if the good folks who are listening would like to catch up with you or find you on social media, where could they find you? Yeah. Um, so I live at 1616. Let's <laughs> not do that. Okay. <laughs> all right. um, well, if you don't want to visit me in person, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Carson underscore Gale. Uh, if enough of you guys follow me, then I can get verified, and that's my dream. Fair enough. Fair enough. Thank you, Carson. Pete, I'm already verified. My name is Pete DeCourcy. You can find me. I'm not verified. No, I'm not. But how do you know unless you follow me? So it's at Pete DeCourcy on Twitter. Okay. And it's D-E-C-O-U-R-C-Y. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So thank you guys so much for coming on. Dave, thank you for being here as well. As always, of course. Thanks, Dave. Uh, and this is our first uh, international companion episode. We did it. Guys, thank you very much, and we will talk to you soon. Bye. Hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out.